Hello and welcome to the Anfield Talk podcast. Um, this is an instant match review of Liverpool versus Fulham. Um, the Reds have just lost their sixth home game in a row at Anfield, and I'm joined by Harry here, who's uh, you know going to talk us through it. Yeah, Harry, what, are you, what, are your, what are your thoughts on the game? It's just it's hard to really put into words at this point. You know, we've went from having such a a good record at Anfield, you know, pretty much four calendar years without losing in the league, and now we've just gone six games without winning. It's just it's just quite embarrassing, you know. We're champions of the Premier League, and we can't even seem to beat teams like Brighton and Fulham. It's just it's baffling how we've how we've managed to do this. Yeah, I mean, there's no real positives to take from the game at all. Um, what I will say is, for a majority of the season, um, us as fans have kind of um, made excuses for the team not performing to their highest standards due to them missing um, certain players. Uh, so we went when we lost Tiago. We were like, "Oh, when he comes back, we'll be we'll be better." Uh, we lost Jota, uh, and Tiago came back, and nothing really improved. Then even started um, the decline. Um, not him personally, but the decline started when he came back into the team. Um, and then we said, "Oh, it's fine. Jota will come back. Um, we'll be okay." Jota is now back, and you know he hasn't played bad the past two games, but he hasn't. Um, well, we haven't scored, so he hasn't been uh, great either. Um, and I'm kind of at the point now where, you know, Kaita came back in as well and he hasn't uh, seemed to help anything in the midfield no. either. And I'm kind of at the point now where I think that even if we had a full-strength team and we put Van Dijk back in this team, that um, that's just another player that we've added back in that would fall straight into this slump like the rest of them. Um, I don't know what your thoughts on that. Do you think that... Uh, it's a whole squad thing. Do you think that there's any way this could possibly improve at all? Um, I, re- I really don't know. What, watching us today, we, we just look like a completely different team. We look like a... I think Roy Keane put it quite well. We look like a team that's never played together before. Klopp looks like he's just rounded up 11 lads off the streets and chucked them into a Premier League game. They just don't look like they know what to do anymore. Yeah. You know, you've got Salah, who's been so consistent the past couple of years, just kind of ghosting. And obviously, we were all very excited, you know, when Jota came back. Obviously, he came on against Chelsea and put in what I thought was a good cameo. He looked, to, looked like yeah. he wanted to drive at the defence and try and make something happen. Same again today. I think it was quite unlucky. just never really happened for him. And it's just like, like you said, when a player gets injured, we're saying, yeah, when, when they'll come back, we'll be OK. And obviously, since... Thiago's come back, he's, he's not been great and it pains me to say because he's one of my favourite players, but he's, he's underwhelmed. Jota today, I thought maybe could have done better. Obviously, he had a really good effort kept out by Ariola, and you, you can't really do anything like that, but I think we need Henderson back and obviously it's not something we can exactly control at the moment because obviously he's recently had surgery, but we just seem like we're lacking a leader, lacking someone that's going to like take control of it and tell them what to do. I know we had Milner on there today, but it just looks like a lack of leadership. It looked like everyone was just kind of too scared to do anything, take any risks, and you need the players that are going to take those risks. 
Yeah, I mean, we're, we're lacking um, any defensive uh, stability. We're lacking any midfield creativity. And we're lacking any, you know, goals, I guess, from the from the front three, regardless of who plays. Um, and that's what I think the, the biggest worry for me is, is that um, Klopp is now chopping and changing and, and adding different players into the mix uh, to, I guess, try new things and... Um, it's it's just not working. Does that I don't know what that says about maybe his tactics or if it's maybe um, just proves how poor our squad depth is. Um, and yes, you know we've had some freak injuries this season, and obviously the loss to Van Dijk was kind of the start of that. But um, I personally don't think that losing six home games in a row is acceptable. At any stage. I think if you put the reserves out on the pitch for six home games in a row, I would still expect them to at least pick up a point, yeah. um, especially when they've played uh, the likes of um, of Fulham, who I know, like, no disrespect to them because they absolutely played us off the park today, and yeah. even in their way, like they did as well. But they're a newly promoted side who have struggled this season, um, who have got who've got a bit of confidence and are on a good run of form, but. Um, that shouldn't matter. I think we're a Liverpool football club. Um, when you put that shirt on and try to go onto the pitch of Anfield um, and don't perform at the absolute highest level, it's just extremely worrying. Um, I'm actually struggling to find the words, to be honest, because this is the first time I've ever had any doubt about Jurgen Klopp. And it's not that yeah. I doubt, doubt his ability at all or anything like that. Um, but I just doubt that. I don't want to say he's lost the dressing room because I don't think that's the case either, but I think he's lost the belief in the team yeah. himself. Um, and when you, it's it's his job to perk this team up. It's his job to um, to motivate these players to want to go out there and put a performance in. And clearly he's not doing a good job of that at the moment because we're not getting results. And I think it's something that we need to come to terms with as a fan base that... Um, it's it's totally okay to criticise Jurgen Klopp at yeah. times like this because because this is absolutely unheard of. We've never lost this many games in a row at home in our history. So no. if you can't criticise a manager now, when at what point can you ever criticise a manager? Yeah, obviously he's been such a fantastic manager ever since he came in. You know, he took us from doubt from doubters to believers, as he, as he said he would, and I think it's. We've gone so long without having to criticise him. It's almost like people don't want to now. That it's like it's wrong to do, but it's yeah. not because as much as the players aren't performing on the pitch, ultimately it's him that picks those players. It's him that tells those players what to do. He would have picked that eleven today, and he would have told them what he wanted to do, and it didn't work. And I think it comes down to some of his poor decision making, which we've seen over the past couple of weeks. Obviously, he didn't play Kiter against Chelsea and preferred to play Ox and he brought Milner on for Thiago who was arguably our best midfielder and obviously taking Salah off on the hour mark was I think that perplexed quite a few Liverpool fans because he seemed like the only one of the front three that had a goal in him so I think decision making's come into it I feel like he's running out of ideas and he's just kind of throwing everything at it because we've played the same system pretty much ever since he came in with pretty much the same players for the, the past couple of years and it now seems like without those players he's struggling with the system and the, the games he's changed the way we play this year in the ones we've won yeah. more recently like look against Sheffield we went for a bit of a 
could have been quite risky because it, it was it was a very risky formation we won we we changed the formation for West Ham and Tottenham and we won you know those were two massive games that we won and we thought yeah we're back now Klopp's you know Klopp's got it bang on and then he switches the system back and we we go to pieces again it's just it's frustrating because something needs to change but the changes are so inconsistent yeah and I, I can understand with the games being really coming thick and fast that um, it's hard to kind of implement a new tactic. And of course, pre-season wasn't really, it was basically non-existent this year. Yeah. But I think we've found Klopp's flaw and it's that, um, it, I mean, it happened at Dortmund as well. When his fabulous tactic that's won us all his trophies doesn't work, then he doesn't have any answer to what to what to do and he doesn't know how to change that. And um, it's something that um, I've criticised Guardiola for for years and when City haven't been at their best, uh, which isn't very often, obviously, but um, where they, he, he's very stubborn and he won't change for anyone, even if things are going badly. Mm-hmm. Um, now, things are going the worst that it's ever been as a Liverpool fan, for, for me anyway, um, at the moment. And uh, Klopp just continues to do the same thing, and it's getting to the point where I'm just getting so frustrated by it. Um, yeah. To the point where during the game, um, I mean, take this with a pinch of salt, but du- during the game, I was um, looking who which managers were out of a job. Yeah. Uh, not not because I want Klopp to go, and not because I think he should get sacked or anything like that. I do think it's a freak season, and I want to see him in charge next season. But just under the assumption that. FSG, if they had any, if they were decent owners, they should be looking at this form and wanting answers from Klopp. Um, yeah. To be honest, I don't think they will, um, because I don't think they really care. Um, I don't think they'll be bothered that, um, because it means that they'll have an excuse not to fork out any money in the summer. Um, which really, if any, if they were good owners, it would be the opposite. They would want to pump more money into it, but we know they're not. So um, it'll just be they'll use this as an excuse of us not getting Champions League or even any form of European football. Yeah, uh, and go well, it's your own fault for not not getting it. Um, and then what do we do then? Because we're going to end up with the same squad for next season. Yes, you'll be able to add Van Dijk, Gomez, Matty, hopefully back into the fold, but that does not stop. Um, our goal drought and it doesn't help us in any way going forward um, and that's kind of what we need we need a big signing up front we need someone who's an mm-hmm. actual goal scorer and and now with with what's happened this was the, the summer that we were looking forward to because we thought we would get a, a big star man and it's absolutely out of the question now um, yeah, at least no to me um, so yeah I mean I, I can't say this getting, my biggest worry I guess is that um we get all the players back in. We have pre-season, you know, we, uh, the Euros happen and we get whatever injuries that happen in the Euros as it always does. Um, and then we start next season and it's just exactly the same. We're, we're losing games um, because I can't see... I, at this moment in time, my, my vision is so blurred by what's going on. I can't see this ever turning around and I'm sure it will, but I, I just have this fear that it'll continue and then we could start next season and be... Uh, on the exact same run of form because I I don't understand how the squad gets any uh, motivation or anything because surely if there was a way for it to happen it would have happened by now no exactly I feel like it's a very big summer for Klopp because as much as FSG aren't going to give him the funds I feel like this is where he kind of has to take matters into his own hands and demand funds yeah. because if... come out 
come out, tell the tell, like, come out in the press and say how terrible they've been, and then yeah. let the fans take it on from there, and we'll we'll back him all the way. But if it's if he's just going to say, oh well, and hit, and then use it as an excuse himself, um, then it, if he accepts it and allows it to happen. Yeah. Um, then well, what's what's the point really? <laughs> we saw it a bit in January when he kind of in the press conferences and was like and kind of alluded to the owners not really wanting to support him for a centre back. You know, he comes out about it and then boom, we have two centre backs through the door, albeit yeah. not the best. And obviously we've one not of them we have seen a seen. single thing. Yeah, Ben Davis. I don't I don't understand how bad he's got to be to not even make the bench. Like I don't know what his problem is because obviously Klopp told us on. Friday in a press conference, he's fully fit. So is he really that bad that he can't get a game over nineteen-year-old Reese Williams, who wasn't he? Who was in non-league last year? Like, is that how bad it is? And if so, we've got to really take a look at the scouting team who went out and thought, yeah, let's buy this Ben Davies guy. He's great because he, he's come in and he's made the bench what twice, and he's been an un, a, a new substitute in whatever games that he's he's been a sub in. But I just think FSG of uh, don't really treat us as a sort of a as a passion. It's more of like a business. It's more of a money making. Oh yeah, I think that, that goes about saying. I mean that, because, that we're yeah. definitely just a business to them. Um, and you know when it's going good, it's it's going great. Um, but, but they don't seem so interested when it's going bad. Yeah, I mean, I mean they don't even seem that interested when it's going good either, really. But the just the because I mean the, it goes back a couple of seasons ago you know in the summer when we won the Champions League and I we didn't invest anything about this yeah because what, what, the only way you stay a top team is if you invest in when your team's on top and now we've got to invest when our team's in in going to be in ninth or tenth place now how do we invest in a in a positive way um when where when we can't attract anyone because we don't have any European football, how can we do that when we should have done that when we won the league last season and when we won yeah. the um, the Champions League, especially now the Champions League season where we signed no one. I'm not counting Adrian. Um, nah. When we signed no one of note, uh, because is one of the most bizarre things I've ever seen. Because he, I, I I don't even know. I can't really put it into words because it's just so stupid that we didn't sign anyone and we didn't make any improvements and then yeah. it was the fact that there was no COVID or anything then and there was no signs of that and we had full reign to go sign anyone in Europe really after just winning the Champions League and we weren't we were stubborn and complacent and said no we don't need anyone um, and then of course we went on to win the league last season um, which is fantastic for the club but none of us get, got to enjoy it at all really no. Um so now having to not enjoy that and then when as things are coming to an end, come out when Liverpool aren't even going to be possibly a top-half team, it's just, it's unheard of and it's it's really painful to talk about. And it's I, I'm sure when we do the full podcast this week, we'll have a lot more to kind of talk about and we can uh, go into the game in a lot more, a lot more depth. But yeah. I, I can't even like, the, the, the fact we don't get, we don't, We've seen 101 shots um, at Anfield this year. One goal from a penalty against Man City. It probably wasn't fact, even a penalty either. Yeah, we don't see any goals in the first half. We can see the couple, but normally it's nil-nil at half-time. Um, I don't know what's being said at half-time in Klopp's, um, you know, when he's got them in the dressing room, but it doesn't... It's not doing anything. It's yeah. just... Uh, 
like he doesn't seem to take any any real risks. You know, taking Salah off is a risk in in midweek, but it, it's a stupid risk. Yeah, he doesn't take any calculated risks. Where it looks like he doesn't change tactics and think, oh, us playing to, us playing down the down the flanks and crossing a ball into a box where there's ten opposition players and Mo Salah and Sadio Mane or Mo Salah and Diego Jota in there and thinking that the ball was just going to drop to us and they were going to score uh, and then, then just repeat and repeat and repeat and repeat and repeat and keep doing it, keep giving the ball to Trent, keep giving the ball to Robertson, have them cross the ball in, have the keeper come collect them, have the defender make an incredible block as seems to happen in every single game. When are we going to start playing through the middle and trying to create space there because every single time we seem to go down the middle. It always ends up back at Arsenal. It's just, it's infuriating. Yeah. I find myself screaming at the, at the, um, well, it's my laptop where I would normally watch the games on because I just, I, it's just so obvious to me. There was a few times I caught it in the match where there was a great option through the middle. So like Manny, I think there was one point Manny ran through the middle um, yeah. and the ball went out wide and the pass was so, there was another time when Salah went through the middle and it went wide as well and the pass was on to send them through. Um, and it just didn't happen. And if, why are you playing the ball out wide then? Just play the ball through the middle and let them run run through on goal. It's just so frustrating. I don't even know like how it, how we can solve it now because it's just every week and we don't we've got this long period for the international break where the most of the squad's going to still be here because the. They're not let allowing them to leave, and I think the yeah. uh, South American games have all been called yeah, off anyway. Cancelled, yeah. But what do you even do in that time? What? Because do you work on a full on a completely new tactic, which is in theory what I think he should do. Um, but realistically, will he do it? I, I don't. I don't think he will. I think I it, see we'll see thing. the same because we've still got the same personnel. We've basically got now. If no one gets injured, this is the squad we have. We're about as fully fit as we can be for yeah. the rest of this season. There's no one else to come back this season. Van Dijk's not going to come back. They're not going to risk him now. Gomez isn't going to Definitely not. He's and then obviously Henderson and Matip are... I can't yep, and Henderson and Matip are as well. So, so this is our squad for the rest of the season. At best, this is the best squad we'll have for the rest of the season. Yeah, and we can't there'll be injuries. There'll be some more injuries at of some point. Of course there will. Um, and I I'm, I don't know what the, what the answers are. Um yeah, have you got anything else you'd like like to add or talk about? Um, I'm kind of just at a loss with it all, to be honest. Yeah, kind of, kind of what you said. I think if there was ever a risk that needed to be needed to be taken, it was at half time today. You know, we've just gone one nil down. Things weren't really working. Fulham played us off the park for 45 minutes. You know, I thought Nico Williams struggled. He picked it back up in the second half. To be fair to him, before he went off, a lot was going through him. And he did better, but he was just he was a passenger for most of it. So yeah. I think that's when you think, right, Trent, put Trent on, take control of the game. And same in the midfield, you know, Milner wasn't really doing much, neither was Shakiri. That's when you put Fabinho and Thiago on to kind of take some control in the midfield. You know, as you, as you were saying, we never go through the middle of the park, which is probably where we could be strongest with players like Henderson, Fabinho, Thiago, Cater. That's why we signed Thiago, was to dictate the play and get the ball and keep it moving quickly to kind of tire the opposition out and then you get it out wide and get it in. But we're not doing that. Like It annoys me because whenever whenever Thiago is playing, I'll, I'll make a point of watching what he's doing, watching his movement. And I can't think how many times he's there calling for the ball in acres of space and they just insist on going out wide or lumping one forward. And it annoys me because then people go, oh yeah, where was Thiago today? I didn't see Thiago playing. 
He's like, well, it's hard for him to get involved when people are just completely bypassing him and just not yeah. getting him in the game because there's only so much he can do. There's only so much going and calling for the ball and trying to get the ball and move it forward when the people around you aren't doing you any favours. It's just, it baffles me how he's not taking the risks because how we're not getting European football. I'd be, I'd be happy with the Europa League at this point. I would genuinely be okay with Europa League football next year if that's the best we can get because Champions League's out of the question. I yeah. think today was the nail in the coffin. That's it. No Champions League next year. The only hope of getting the Champions League is by winning it. And I don't think that will happen either. No. So why um, don't we take the risks? Because it can't get much worse. There's nothing else we can lose out on. Go with the best team. Change the tactics. Just try something different. Let the players try and do what they want to do. Because sometimes that is the best thing to do. Because they just kind of make things happen without having to stick to the game plan. They just do everything freely. I think we just need to change something because it, it's clearly not working. Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of jokingly made a full tactic and tried to be like a, a tactician on Twitter on Friday and came up with some sort of like yeah. tactic. And I was kind of, I was half joking with what I um, with what I was saying, but in a way I thought, you know, I don't see how this, it, I don't think it could be implemented because it's totally different to, to the way yeah. we actually play. But um, I'll just like kind of, briefly go through what I was saying and it was basically like you play you play two centre halves which aren't going to be used to playing together um and you you make sure that they sit deeper now could because we're not pressing the ball. Um so the tactic of us playing high line is just out the window. You you can only play a high line if you press and we went just not pressing. Um, so yeah, we play like a narrow four-one-two-one-two. Like I said, you know, we should play through the middle of the park. Um, you know, you drop the fullbacks further back. We don't have them constantly because then they get they're, we're getting absolutely no joy from them in doing what they're doing at the moment. So I would have them sitting slightly deeper and then being the the furthest back the ball goes. So we're not passing it back to the defense. We're not passing it back to Allison all the time. Um, you that that's when you go wide and you but you go wide deeper. Yeah. Um, and you allow them to to kind of pull like a team like Fulham today as well. They didn't sit. They didn't just sit with eleven men behind the ball. Yeah, which like, great. They actually stuff. played, so we could have drawn them out and we could have made space there. But we like allowed them to do it by the way we were playing because people kind of forget like when we play so high up, there's only so like it's natural for the the opposing team to drop further back. Yeah, so exactly. with us playing such a high line, it. It allows teams to have eleven men behind the ball. So if we play further back, they have that to play team's further. Not off. just not just going to sit with eleven men on their box. Like they are going to attack. Like it wouldn't happen. They wouldn't just stand there and wait for us to come forward. Exactly. So we can we could draw them out. So you would have like Robertson and Trent sat, you know, between the halfway line and sort of um, I guess like three um, two thirds of the way into their half, and just that's as far as they go forward. And you use them as a sort of triangle with the midfield because I would have like I would have Fabinho back in midfield in front of that yeah. defense if we needed anything in the six. Thiago and Genie sat in the middle to do all the passing work and to do all that um, to make the kind of space play it forward. To I would have Kaita in front of them who oh, would yeah, pull all the strings um, and use sort of them as a as a way to link the fullbacks and Kaita and just play around with, like with people's defense and create space like 
it's kind of like how you would build a tactic on football manager. Now I know that's not like it's not realistic to think like that, and I know this can't really be implemented so soon. But I'm just trying to think this is as much as we can possibly do as fans is try and is think about try what and we would do. It, yeah, yeah. So so I would. I mean, this is kind of what I do, and then I'd have Salah and Jota up front just to play the. You know, once you make that space through the middle, they can go further wide and create space down, like straight down the middle for Kaida. Um, and you can, you know, play off to them and they can actually shoot, you know, shoot on sight, stop trying to walk the ball into the net, just oh, take more shots, take more risks. Like, um, you know, and I think that's like, it's, we've seen this player um, a diamond before and it, it seemed to work pretty well at times. It did. It, so why the best games we used it for. Yeah, so so why not try it with a diff, with different personnel now that, that they're available? Like, don't play, like, widening. Because, of course, you can use Trent and, and Robertson, like, to cross the ball, like, diagonally and stuff in all that space. Like what teams do against us every week. One, our, our fullback gets drawn out and they play a diagonal ball Trent, and the time. behind. Yeah, so why don't we sit further back, try and create that space and try and hit that ball over to Salah or, or Jota? Like, to me, it just makes so much sense. But Yeah. But yeah, and um, just to finish off, I'll uh, I'll I'll run through Klopp's uh, pre-match um, interview and just get get your thoughts on it because we might as well talk about it yeah. now that we're here. Um, you know, you opened with I think we all agree a team like Fulham should stay in the Premier League. Um, now Klopp's only saying that because they're a team that didn't sit eleven men behind the ball like most of the other teams at the bottom, so that's why he thinks it should be in. Uh, yeah. Yeah, but it's not exactly a good thing to hear your manager come out and start straight away come out with that. Um, like, there's problems here. Let's get to them. Um, we tried to react after half time, and the boys showed that I thought we just didn't score, and that's not good enough. Now, to me, I don't think we did react at all. I think we no, played we exactly the same. It was think, only those last 10 minutes. Yeah, I, I think Fulham reacted because they got their goal just before half time, so they sat further back and then. Um, so they reacted to the change. I don't think we reacted to the change. I think we played exactly the same way we did in the first half. It's just we had more of the ball second half because um, because they allowed us to, really. Um, uh, we've got... Uh, we never had uh, momentum in, uh, in the Premier League this season. The only good thing is we have a different competition next. Again, that's a defeatist mentality. He's, already, he's totally given up on the league, if that's what he's saying now. Yeah. Um, which I understand, but you can't do that. You, we're Liverpool Football Club. We can't just go, oh, the league's absolutely nothing now. We'll focus on the Champions League because there's a high risk. Like That's as high risk as it comes because there's a good like chance we could get knocked out on Wednesday night. And then, and then what oh, happens? You've, sac- you've sacrificed the Premier League and now we're, we've got nothing to fight for. So that's a ridiculous thing to say, I think. Um, you saw the improvement in the game. It was clear the longer it goes, the more we uh, got used to it. Now, again, I don't think, I don't know about you, but it. I think we could have played for three hours, four hours today and we wouldn't have got a goal. We could We could still be playing now and I guarantee we'd have only had two shots on target and it'd have been, you know, from the edge of the box straight into the keeper's hands. Yeah, it, it, um, my boys wanted it. Fulham think they wanted it more. Uh, the winner's always right. Yeah. Yeah, well, they did want it more clearly. It was quite <laughs> obvious about the performance. Um, he's on about the Champions League here, where he says it's quite a good position we have there. Uh, we will play a good team and fight for the result. Implying he didn't play a good team today. Again, yeah. what does that say to the dressing room? It, uh, 
Um, we have to reset in the break. It's not about a proper target. We just have to win football games. Easier said than done by the looks of things. Um, and, that, and that's pretty much it. I mean, we can't score goals. I can't remember the last time I celebrated a goal properly. I really can't because um, I didn't celebrate. Yeah, I don't yeah. think... Like you don't really celebrate a penalty the way you celebrate a normal goal. Um, I think VAR takes away. A lot it does the VAR of goals now, on it, of course, because especially with the way we play, we get quite a few offside goals because we, you know, try to break it. Teams that when we play the ball over the top, it's quite easy for Salah to be quicker on defence and end up straight a hair offside. So, and that's obviously what happens. Um, any last thoughts, Harry, from you on Klopp or on um, the team? It's strange from from what Klopp said because it's quite reactionary and he's not normally like that. He normally kind of says it how it is. Uh, I don't think he, he really did that today. You know, it does yeah. seem as though he's kind of gone, yeah, fuck the league. Um, but we've got no other sort of target because although we've got a 2-0 lead over Leipzig, we've seen that means nothing in the Champions League. I'm pretty sure, even I thought it, I thought we were out against Barca and look what happened. We come back, yeah. scored four and won it. I just, I wouldn't take things for granted because we, we play Leipzig who, since we beat them, have been in a very good run of form and are very much looking up for it. And if we go into that game playing how we did today, we will get absolutely demolished. I know it will be a better team and we'll probably have the strongest 11 possible because I think Klopp kind of had that in mind today and thought, right, I'm still going to put a strongish team out to try and get the win. We probably won't, but then I can just play the full squad against Leipzig. We'll win that. Everyone will be happy again. Yeah. Sort of um, I, I don't know. It, it's a strange one hearing him talk about the Premier League like that. Um, it's normally how he talks about like the League Cup. It's 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 kind of knocked me for six, to be honest. But we'll, uh, we'll wrap it up there, and I'm sure we'll go into more depth on things like the goal, you know, the... the Robertson, uh, Roy Keane was claiming that Robertson could have done more. I don't know what more Robertson could have done there. He headed the ball out as hard as, hard as he possibly could straight to Mo Salah. I don't think Mo Salah's, it, I guess, it, if anyone's at fault, it's him, but it's he's, you know, he gets a bit manhandled. I don't even think it's a foul, but I just think it's one of them things where the player took dispossessed him and, and he, it was a very good goal. Yeah, you can as, see them kind of goals, but it's a fact we can't score at the other end, really. As much as uh, Salah was quite slow for it and just kind of waited for it to come to him somebody should have at least given him a shout you know someone's there yeah. man on like because it, it, that's the stuff you have to be doing at the edge of your own box yeah because it was the same situation the last time we played Fulham it was again slow reactions on the edge of the box it's goal, the exact yeah. same goal just with two different goal scorers and at a different place it was, the, it was yeah. like a mirror image because we were just too slow on the edge of our own box and they took advantage of it they were the quicker team yeah all right. Well, we'll we'll wrap it up there, and we'll go into it in more detail probably tomorrow on the uh, on the podcast. Um, but for now, Liverpool are as bad as they've ever been in their history, and it looks like it may continue. But I hope this has helped in a slight way. Um, so thanks for listening, and um, we'll um, you'll hear from us soon. <laughs>